and welcome to the new Digital Age podcast. My name is Justin Pierce and I'm the editor. Today's podcast is the first in a new series called Digital Leaders. We're going to talk to heads of digital, chief digital officers at brands to find out a bit about what, what the role of head of digital actually means today. And of course, how these people are helping their companies get closer to their customers using digital technologies. And today I'm absolutely delighted to be joined for the first in our series by Ria Fox, who's digital director at Paperchase. So Ria, hi, and welcome to the first ever NDA Digital Leaders podcast. Hi, Justin. So before we kick off, let's hear a bit, a bit about you. Uh, do you want to tell us about, about sort of how you got to the role you're in now? Sure. So I've had quite an unusual career, actually, leading me to the current role. Um, it's it's not been a usual career path, I guess, for someone in a digital uh, director's role. So I started life in a variety of customer insight and kind of marketing planning roles, including two stints in through the line ad agencies. So a real kind of a special focus on data and CRM in those roles. Um, and I also worked in similar kind of insight customer capacities at, at Direct Line, um, the Hairbrand GHD and the Daily Mail Group. So um, worked across a, a wide variety of sectors. But I guess more relevant is, is perhaps to talk about my, my last two roles. So before arriving at Paper Chase, I was UK head of marketing for Aviva General Insurance. And so, you know, enormous uh, B2C general insurer. And prior to that, I was European Insight Director at eBay looking after five markets. So I guess my experience at both eBay and Aviva was sort of really invaluable in preparing me for this role because they exposed me to real hands-on trading across all of the digital channels, um, cross-border working and, uh, and, and selling, and also customer data at massive scale, uh, unbelievable scale in the case of eBay. So those two roles, I think, were really pivotal in terms of giving me the breadth of digital skills to do the current job. So really, I mean, I consider myself to be a generalist in kind of all things customer strategy, marketing and growth, but with a strong leaning to um, direct consumer and, and e-commerce, which is kind of real, really my passion. Um, and the actual role came to me through my network. So for, um, uh, a former skip level line, line manager. And I was super excited to join because everybody loves Paper Chase. Um, it's a very well loved brand. You're right, they really do. So let's talk about the role itself, your chief digital officer. I've always sort of kind of fascinated about what these roles mean and job titles aren't just the words that are down a piece of paper. They can mean quite a lot to not just the company, but to the wider industry. And I think chief digital officer roles have been, been rising to the fore in recent years. And, you know, they're critically important to any company. But what does it mean to you? What is a chief digital officer role? What does it mean? It's a really interesting one. And I think the confusion um, in the industry is, is, is significant. So I get um, invited to all sorts of stuff, e-commerce conferences, IT conferences, CMO conferences. You know, it's almost like it's it's very difficult to know um, where you belong in, in this kind of role. And actually, I'd say you belong in all of those because, you know, it. it the head of digital role really for me, a digital leader role, is about driving digital growth and revenue at the top line. Um, but to do that, you've got to work back from that to identify those kind of the big strategic pieces and the daily optimizations that need to happen. And keeping kind of a real open mind and being led by the data to get laser focused on where the biggest blockers and opportunities lie. And it's only by taking kind of that bird's eye view of the digital business end to end to be able to identify what the solve is. The solve might be 
um, might be software, it might be marketing, it might be trading, it might be anything, it might be CX. So really, it is about unpicking all of those things. So, I mean, I guess for me, it, it, it really just does depend on so many factors. A, a head of digital role might lean more into IT, for example, if um, if the business is, is kind of going through a digital transformation. You know, if it's omni or pure play, you're going to be using a different set of skills. Um, depends how strong kind of uh, the IT infrastructure is. Depends on the size of the ambition for the digital business as well. So um, I guess, for example, I don't own IT in my current role. Uh, that sits with the CIO, thankfully, because I'm, I'm not an IT specialist. Um, so, yeah, I guess for some digital leadership roles, they're just really synonymous with digital trading and performance. And that's a very difficult, uh, you know, different skill set from IT. So, um, yeah, I, I really don't think there's one size fits all in terms of job role. Tell me a bit about how you mentioned IT, how you operate and work with other departments. Because we, we run a, a similar podcast series called CMO Confidential, talking to CMOs. And the interesting thing is always how these relationships are changing. Definitely. I mean, I, 20 years ago, we didn't have CMOs. We had marketing directors. And all the roles are changing. And it's, it's, this, it's this collaboration between different departments that's so critical for these roles. So tell me in your role how you do you know, coordinate with other departments, especially IT. Sure. Um, so my team works super closely with IT. Um, we are replatforming paperchase.com uh, uh, pretty imminently. Uh, and so, you know, working hand in glove with IT is absolutely crucial. Um, you know, it, it's real kind of the bedrock of, of, of some of the changes we need, we need to make in our business. Um, but likewise, I'm glued at the hip with our finance team, which is um, no hardship for me as our CFO is a really great bloke. Um but really, all trading and digital marketing teams should be glued at the hip with finance. Um, it's really helpful for us that our CFO and head of finance have got strong omnichannel backgrounds, so they get digital. Uh, and it's really important that finance gets digital because it is different to, to non-digital channels. Um, but really, I think without wanting to get too Pollyanna about it, digital does need to have a good relationship with all other teams um you know making the digital business easy to understand for non-digital people not operating in silos i mean i think the days of you know the kind of the digital princes being hived off and treated like they were special and told they were the future i think are over in many other in many businesses now and, and that's only for the good um it, it created unhelpful division and silos and and more importantly i think you know you, you will never have a seamless omni-channel customer experience if digital is, is left to run itself in a silo so yeah for me digital needs digital leaders need to have good relationships with all the other teams i sort of like the way you talked about you know your cfo gets digital that's a it's i guess it's a some sort of criticism of some major companies just digital still seen as not a core part of customer strategy that clearly is a pet chase and in the other place you mentioned do you think that that's still an issue that this sort of a misunderstanding or unwillingness to learn digital can hold one's back still. Yeah, it's a really interesting debate, isn't it? You know, um, how how digital people should talk to CEOs. And I see a lot of this on, on LinkedIn and out in the industry. You know, is it incumbent on the CEO to learn digital or is it incumbent on the digital leader to make um, the digital business understandable? I kind of say both. Um, you know, I, I, I don't think if you're running an omnichannel or digital business, if regardless of your level, uh, that it's acceptable to say, well, I don't know anything about digital and that's fine. Um, you know, that that's uh, that wouldn't be great. Um, but equally, I do think it's incumbent on those of us who are uh, running digital businesses to, to 
to make it transparent, to make it relatable, um, to not talk in jargon. You know, it's it, it, it's really unhelpful. Um, so I do think it, it kind of runs both ways. Um, senior leaders who don't get digital need to put a bit of effort in uh, and digital leaders need to make sure that um, they're not talking, you know, um, not talking a different language when they're in the boardroom. Okay, let's talk a bit about your sort of, you know, what your day show, day show job at PaperSafe, you're replatforming, but I mean, this is a big question, but how are you using digital to get close to customers? You talk about omnichannel, and that's the, I guess that's the dream of every company today, and some are doing it much better than others. But yeah, that simple, but pretty massive question. How are you using digital to get close to your customers? Uh, it's a really good question. So I guess the... Um, for me, there's a few touch points here. So, so distribution to literally get close to our customers. So we are uh, rapidly expanding in our in marketplaces, so, so both nationally and, uh, and, and internationally. Um, we are using increasing levels of segmentation. So we a newly developed segmentation model. Um, you know, we have a, a very well established loyalty program where our, our customers respond brilliantly to one-to-one comms and and offers. So um I guess for me it's a it's a difficult one. I, I don't necessarily see digital as a digital clearly is a means to get closer to our customers, but it's just one of the many ways in which we do that. Um, so yeah it's it's kind of a tricky one that one I think. I think so you mentioned the loyalty program and I guess that what you do have is through that sort of thing very rich first party data what is the role of first party data how are you using the the data you you know hold on your customers to deliver better digital experiences so we have some great data on our customers. Um, we are replatforming our CRM systems as well, so that we have kind of an end-to-end customer view, which is very exciting. Um, so I guess, you know, CRM for me is one of those things that you're never done. You are never done. Um, you're optimizing constantly. And it was certainly something that I learned uh, agency side and, and at eBay. You know, the job is never done with CRM. There are always improvements you can make. So, so for me, there isn't kind of an end point that says job done on CRM. Um, it, it's constantly asking ourselves, you know, how we get better at it time after time. And, of course, how we think about, um, you know, the holy grail, which is joining up across channels. So ensuring that our customers have, um, you know, we can identify customers in organic social for example um you know that would be the absolute holy grail um so so um yeah i don't know i don't know what more i can say on that one other, other than the job's just never done when it comes to one-to-one to get close to customers imagine me platforming without sort of giving away company secrets you want to go into a bit deeper on that why you're doing it how stressful it's been and i guess what's what are you personally hoping to get out of it at the other side yeah, sure. There are tons of benefits to this. So um, on joining, I, I, I quickly uh, work with a digital transformation agency and the rest of the leadership team here to quickly assess kind of what we needed to do in the digital business. And and that has uh, created a whole raft of things. Um, uh, We've employed new digital media agency. We've filled our digital marketing team. We've got some new hires. We're replatforming. Um, we're expanding on Amazon. You know, a whole host of things. We've onboarded Klarna. So, you know, a, a real kind of series of, of both strategic and kind of quick tactical win things. Um, reworked our affiliate contract. So, you know, those kind of bits and, and the big strategic things. But um, I guess we're we're launching our new site um, and actually think it will be an absolute game changer for our ability to trade 
um, different types of offers and innovations. So the benefit of being on a, on a Shopify site, of course, is that the trading team have a great deal more flexibility in terms of what they can do from a content point of view and also from deals and offers. So that's really, really important to build agility into our into our trading performance and give the, the trading team you know, more tools to work with. But the most important thing is that we give customers an amazing CX experience. Um, you know, all brands want to give customers an amazing CX experience. Uh, it has NPS benefits, it has conversion benefits. But I guess what's particularly important for us is that Paper Chase has a kind of a real brilliant design ethic at our heart. We are a design-led brand. And so having a customer interface, which is gorgeous, intuitive, helps us communicate some of the joy of the brand and explore some more of our rich content that does so well in, in organic channels. That's really important. So the decision was largely taken um, to improve the customer experience on Paper Chase. Okay. You mentioned, I mean, this still sounds great. I think maybe a very jealous issue with new teams, new agency relationships, new contracts. But what we talk about talent, and obviously talent's always a kind of a sticking point in the digital industry. Is there enough of it? How do you find the right people? So how have you found that? Is talent a challenge, challenge for you? I think talent's a challenge in every digital business. Um, digital people are expensive. And I think um, one of the challenges in particular of being a, a kind of a, a smaller part of a big omnichannel business is that actually, you know, you, you do have to um, think about uh, difficult conversations around remuneration levels because that digital market is so hot. Uh, digital people in particular, you know, data developers, they can be incredibly expensive. Um, one of the joys of Paper Chase, though, is that it's a brand people love uh, and we are good fun people who have a nice time in a nice environment so stretching you know very ambitious targets but equally you know it's this is a great place to work so um you know one of the the, the i guess the advantages of, of paper chase is it's brand people feel passionate about and that really helps us in terms of in terms of recruitment um we are you know a a, 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 a smallish uh, team in terms of head office and uh, Stoll's colleagues and um, so it's really important that we have the right people with the right culture so it's not just about recruiting for um, skills it's also about recruiting for culture which I think we've largely managed to do in the digital team but there's no two ways about it you know it's hot out there um, there's a lot of businesses who are recalibrating I guess what they want out of their digital presence um, some of them are accelerating very quickly as a result of COVID some of them are rethinking their digital strategy so um, yeah I mean it, it, it's hot out there but I would say the brand gives us a, a slight advantage there. Brilliant. And what about you also mentioned agencies? And how, so we talked a bit about how, you know, it's the role that's important, I think, you know, the, the chief digital officer role, the head of digital, how you integrate and work with other departments internally. How about agencies? How, how do you work with agencies to get the best out of them and sort of deliver what you want to do for your customers? So having come from two monster businesses uh, to one that's a little bit more a uh, bit more agile with a really tight knit leadership team, I'd say one of the, the best things is we've got the agility to find those best partners for us, work with them really closely and do business with them quickly. And so um, I, I really don't miss that need for kind of months and months and months of procurement process. Uh, for example, for our, our digital media agency, we were able to get through the, uh, the pitch process and due diligence within a month. Which have been unthinkable. Yeah, <laughs> and we're super happy with them. They're fantastic partners for us. Um, so, so I guess the, the, the freedom um, to 
to find the right partners, work with them quickly, but also work with them really deeply and closely is 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 wonderful for us. So what does deep and closely mean? So I always find it interesting the relationships between agencies and, and clients, and they're changing, changing a lot recently, but especially in this sector, especially when you know the knowledge, I guess you want to lean on your agency partners is so important. So, so what does a deep relationship, you know, what does that mean to you? Actually, what in the real world? Sure. Yeah. So so we are planning together. So we do bottoms up, top down planning. So the trading team will develop their view of the world, finance will develop theirs, and the agency will develop theirs. And then we'll we'll calibrate those to meet in the middle so that we all know kind of what we're working to. Um, we will meet with them every week to discuss progress and plans and review kind of ROAS. So um, they share our, our blended ROAS target, return on advertising spend. So they know that they are working within our, our kind of um, our business parameters. Um, so, you know, we've only been with them, I think, for uh, four months, but the partnership's working brilliantly well. Um, and one of the things that uh, we, we're doing increasingly increasingly is getting better at our end at sharing our content across the team so for example uh, our brand team have just shot some gorgeous lifestyle content which can be repurposed uh, uh, in, in our marketplace channels so um i guess that for me is is is, is, is partnership i i think the days of handing over your media plan to a media agency are are, are kind of are, are pretty gone actually it's it's incumbent on clients to be a bit more hands-on um about roi and marketing planning and all the rest of it okay fantastic let's go to some other big questions uh, i want to talk about what you see as the biggest opportunities in digital state we're going through huge changes covid changed everything we've got macro change like a third party cookie etc 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 the world's done been so fast so what to you in your role, some of the biggest opportunities that digital throws up in the, or in the year ahead? Yeah, so um, thinking more broadly, I mean, I guess this, this question really does depend on where the business is in its, in its digital transformation. Again, if it's pure play or an omni. Um, so for me, I guess uh, two, two big areas are real kind of huge opportunities. So distribution, uh, you know, marketplaces, drop shipping, all that kind of part of the world, I think, is is just incredible. I'm a huge admirer of Farfetch um, from an international commerce point of view. Uh, and I and I think um, obviously Brexit has caused some challenges uh, for marketplaces that are based in the UK. But but for me, that kind of partnering with uh, relevant partners and brands uh, to, to improve distribution is is really key. Um, and then I guess the second thing is that social commerce is just such an exciting area of growth. Um, that whole intersection between entertainment and, and commerce is becoming increasingly, uh, much to the dismay of the regulators, but be- becoming increasingly invisible. And I think that will continue to grow. And that's incredibly exciting for a brand like ours that has a very passionate um digital fan base very passionate fan base in general but you know a, a brand like ours that really lends itself to that um, world i think is is very exciting well the been talks about i guess is sort of social media but you've mentioned several times about the strength of the brand and the strength of customers sort of love for it and it is is an incredibly well well known well our brand so how what role do, do social channels play in your, in your strategy and use of digital? How important is it to get close to customers? Yeah, really significant. So again, social for me is is, is like CRM. You, you know, you, you, it's you're never done. You're never done. Um, you know, and our fan base is you know design led, very heavily digital, a high expectations. You know, much like most most. Uh, 
brands fans, I guess. Um, but as uh, from a customer point of view, do you have a, a skew to what we call um, stylish super socials? So they're incredibly social. They care about um, style. They uh, care about their um, their image online. So it's really important for us that that social content is incredibly shareable, is rich, you know, delights customers. So again, it's like CRM. We, we're kind of never done, and we do have customers with um, and fans with with high style and design expectations. So um, yeah, it, it, so it organic channels are incredibly important for us. That is ideal. You're never done across everything you're saying. It's a good approach. Yeah. So what about these opportunities? What about what are the challenges? And again, as I mentioned, there's, there's so many big macro changes happening that are sort of, you know, sometimes hindering marketers' ability to do what we want to do. So what are the biggest challenges in digital you're facing today that you've seen coming up? I mean, I guess the real kind of big one that everyone is grappling with is, is and I was obviously um, in a different role during COVID, but I think a lot of brands kind of, assumed that digital demand and um, way of living was here to stay. And it was really interesting, actually, when I was at, um, at Aviva at the time, um, we did a, 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 some short insight, piece of insight work around what customers would do when their normal channels became available. And actually, that was really instrumental in being able to say, hang, hang on a minute, guys, sure, everyone's digital right now. But we know at least this percentage of, of customers is, is looking to go back to their natural channels. So I think, um, you know, I, I know a lot of brands have struggled with this. Understanding how much of that um, digital business has moved permanently into digital and how much of it would, would go back to, to natural levels. And of course, we do have a, a, a kind of a cost of living crisis. So it's very difficult to benchmark kind of what is normal and, and in, in which channels demand will sit at any given time, um, which for me, obviously, is a really important reason to, to be omni and have good distribution. Um, but I guess at a perhaps more macro level, and, and that that's a very current thing, um, at a more macro level, digital media is becoming increasingly fragmented, it's complex, and it's expensive to buy increasingly. So I think um, that whole landscape is 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 evolving, but but certainly um digital digital media buying is is feels to me like it's becoming much more expensive. And I guess aligned to that is that very nature of, of digital media buying and trading. So because you've got the data, it can be very easy and tempting to kind of feed the slot machine of paid channels while you're neglecting the others which aren't as trackable. Um, and if you are a brand, and most of us are, uh, that's really important. So, so that digital lead needs a really good appreciation of the full marketing mix, including kind of brand and organic channels, um, because otherwise you, you can go into a, a bit of a, a black hole of the paid, paid media slot machine, um, which we know is becoming increasingly competitive. Now, the other here I talked about you talked this mentioned this several times in different ways, but in terms of collaboration with other players in the ecosystem, uh, now it's not just say it's publishers or you know you mentioned even marketplaces. There's also different ways that as a brand you can collaborate to drive better results for customers. So how are you? How do you do that? In how do you work out select which part to work for and what's what's working best? It's really interesting. So we, we recently launched uh, Mystery Boxes, which is a, 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 it's been a huge success with customers. So customers buy um, 
buy a box of, of stationery worth £75 and they buy it for, for £20. And uh, customers have been going wild for this, right? So um, I guess it's one of the things, and it's, it's not partnering, but one of the things I think is really important as a digital lead is to look at what resonates in different categories with your customer group. So this, you know, lots of beauty brands do mystery boxes and we have a, a user base, a customer base that looks a lot like uh, lots of beauty brands. So, you know, I love a bit of um, shameless copying, uh, but, you know, we, we had a hunch that that was going to work for our um our customers and we and we made it happen our, our buying and merchandising team did an incredible job with our, our, our distribution center and so um i guess it's not necessarily a partnership but being aware of what other adjacent brands in different categories are doing and thinking about whether you can repurpose some of their activity in a meaningful way for you is is really important i think I've kind of alluded to it, but one of the best things about working for, for a more agile brand, so not necessarily a huge corporate, um, you know, is we've got this tight-knit leadership team and we, we have the agility to find those those best partners for us. Uh, so we're working with a partner to optimise our marketplaces. We're working with a brilliant uh, e-commerce-focused media agency. So, again, you know, it, it, it kind of the partnerships are super important when you are when you are a business like ours with, you know, a leadership team of five you know there's only five of us we only have to talk to each other we can get stuff done quickly so so I guess um finding partners who share our mentality share our passion for the brand um you know that's that's really important um you know we work on an omnichannel basis with various other uh large retailers both in the UK and abroad so um it, it really there isn't uh, I guess there isn't a one-size-fits-all about how we work with our partners other than to say we want them to be agile, to believe in our transformation program, to know what we're heading for um, and to work with us really closely as, as meaningful partners. You mentioned marketplace a few times now. So what, what is your marketplace strategy approach? How, how do you view that, that sector? Well, obviously, you know, coming from eBay, I'm a huge fan of marketplaces. Um, <laughs> I've, I've seen uh, what a, a great marketplace strategy can do. Um, and ultimately, you know, I, I view marketplaces as just another set of eyeballs. But the benefit of working with, with different types of marketplaces, provided that they are um, sufficiently aligned to your brand, and some would not be, is that it also gives opportunities to um, to do different, slightly different things. So, you know, when we're partnering um, uh, with with a, with a with a with a brand that um, caters to uh, a, a more affluent um, audience group, then that gives us some extra reach. And where we're working with a partner, a marketplace partner that perhaps doesn't, we can have opportunities to do clearance, etc. So, um, working with I guess a broad range of distribution channels gives us maximum reach whilst being true to our brand but also opportunities to do different things with different types of need state occasion stock so um for me you know breadth of, 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 of uh, distribution coverage in the right channels as long as they're brand aligned is just another way of, of reaching the right eyeballs so um yeah it's you know it's, it's almost more synonymous with, with digital marketing than it is it is anything else and you know 
marketplaces continue to grow apace, um, both in the uh, both in the UK and abroad. Um, we know that there are lots of brands out there doing really successful marketplaces. So Next, for example, Superdrug is moving into the, the, the marketplace uh, space. Cool. So is Marks and Spencer. So you know there are huge opportunities in this space, and ultimately, customers want curated product from the brands that they uh, that they shop with um they want things to be relevant but they also you know they want choice so um marketplace is an incredible opportunity for me it's, it's kind of the way that the way that things are going and um yeah I, I i think it offers great great scope for us excellent now my final question i sort of think you kind of answered it in what you just said really but it's you're in a, you're in an amazing position you've got such a bird's eye view of the market you work with incredible partners that's an incredible brand so what one technology or innovation are you most excited about over the year ahead? Well, obviously, I'm going to say it's our new site. Um, so, you know, uh, it will just give us so much flexibility. The trading team will have an enormous amount of flexibility to do things. Um, it will be a, a, an incredible user experience. So, you know, not necessarily a new technology, but it's new for us. And I'm incredibly excited about it. And I, I just know customers are going to love it. So, Rith, that was fantastic. Thank you so much. Really fascinating insight into the chief digital officer space. And thank you so much for your time. Thanks so much, Justin. Great speaking to you. And thank you so much for listening. Goodbye.